0: Welcome back to the Shelf Oddities, my name is Erie, and I'm Serafina, and Erie, what oddity are you feeling like today? Today I am feeling like an Altoid 10 that has been converted into a mini altar, you know, so you can take it on the go, you got your little pieces of your smudging in there, you got a little incense
1: in there, you're ready to just pop that shit open in a hotel room, you know? I have always liked those, I totally get that. I'm definitely feeling like that vintage Santa blow mold that we saw downtown. That's fair. I mean, a true iconic piece of decor. He's always jolly. Always jolly. I mean, he's probably been going since like the 60s, so like we really he, appreciate his He's work. been jolly for a long ass time. <laughs> Thank him for his service, you know what I'm saying? So speaking of our trip downtown, we did a little shopping, a little eating, as we always do. So I'm wondering, what was your favorite piece that you bought?
0: Oh, that's a good question. I did um kind of make out like a, a bandit, as they say <laughs> this time around. Um, probably my new Ouija board,
1: pretty which rad. is like a
0: Ouija board pendulum combo. It's pretty cool. Um, the planchette is like metal and it's very heavy. Um, your spouse actually noticed it when we did not see it at all no. and pointed it out to me um, so I ended up taking that home I, we got so many cool things though that yeah. and the candle are our uh, lady candles <laughs> that sounds it's
1: the <laughs> veiled lady or lady death that's no. <laughs> not our lady candles that's so funny um, no that's probably one of my favorites too. I've been looking at that since they posted on their Instagram And just loved her forever. I think I'm actually going to get that as a planter. To put, like, pothos in the top. I think it would be so pretty. Um, Anything else? No, I think that's it. What about you? What was your favorite? Um, I think my favorite... Well, of course, I added to my Moss Agate collection, as always. Mm -hmm. Um, So I always have to say that's my favorite. But I also bought my first, like, real oddity that wasn't a bug. And I felt like, you know, that's like a a big thing. And that was uh, a little vial of toothache drops that we were warned to not open because it was very pungent. To which Eerie then said, let me know if you smell that because I'm also curious. And I want (laughs) to let you know we did not open it because uh, I heed warnings when they're given to me. I don't. I know, you love little trash. <laughs> I would have cracked that bitch open. <laughs> they just said it smelled like really pungent clove, and, like, I know what that smells like. Maybe there's, like, a little cocaine in there or something. I mean, it's old. This is, like, an old <laughs> bottle. You got ghosts in your teeth. Do some heroin about it, you know? Um. So I think those are two, like, probably my favorites, including the can. Everything I bought is my favorite. I don't buy things that aren't, you know, like, something I know. that I'm really think about we will post pictures so, of our hauls
0: on instagram we both took pictures of them
1: yep definitely they uh i think always my favorite is like when we go to eat though oh yeah because we all are like foodies in our own right mm-hmm. clearly we all know i changed my entire life around for food so it really matters and having a really decent meal all together is uh definitely one of my favorite parts for sure i
0: would agree yeah and the beverages and also the oatmeal cream pie
1: oh the best i mean everything was so good and um i never regret it i never make uh i never make trips like that quite often but when we do i always feel like they're really good agreed so I had a lot of fun Me too. so okay i know everyone's reading the title and they're like get into it i have one last thing to say and this is a 2 a.m thought i just had to share with you Oh, no. (laughs) So my spouse is out of town, right? On a business trip. And Juniper, our dog, is like my number one sense of security during that time. Like when he's out of town, she's ready to go. Like she got to do whatever she got to do to protect me. And I was thinking about how she's like Scooby-Doo in that sense. (laughs) Okay? Okay. And I was just thinking about like if someone were to hurt me. They couldn't because of June and like, oh, you kids and your meddling dog. or you meddling kids and your dog? You know their line. What's the line? Uh, you're
0: meddling kids and your stupid dog. No, that's Courage the Cowardly Dog. Yeah, it's, um,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Combine. Yeah. And, but it's something along those lines of, you know, the meddling kids and their dog. And I was just thinking about like, that's what the cops would say about Juniper, right? Like they tried to break in, but shout out to the dog and then i was thinking like every time that somebody said that line they were always right like the villain is eating that town up <laughs> until dog and a bunch of teenagers yeah decide to roll into town like the idea of like i wouldn't have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids like yeah legitimately true accurate it's a truth that i think we all need to sit with because if you are have ever been a part of the true crime committee, you know, mm, sometimes them cops ain't hitting it right. And they <laughs> all need, they need a dog and some meddling kids to, Accurate. to figure it out. So I had to share that with you because just the idea of like, yeah, the villains were eating that town up. Like the entire town couldn't deal with it. The cops couldn't deal with it. Getting ate up. All those villains <laughs> in a slay era. One hundred percent. Okay. Anyway, let's get into our actual episode and uh, stay away from Sarah's scary thoughts at three in the morning. (laughs) So, with all that said, welcome to our Yule Miss special. This episode is here to bring you a little history, a little modern tradition and a whole lot of odd things about this time of year. This episode is going to be a little different than what we've done in the past. We're not going to deep dive into the history of the holiday like we typically do or where it stands today and how it got there. We're just going to celebrate together. There will be some history, of course, because we're not going to talk about the history in full. It's not going to be a full wiki moment because let's be honest, we already know who stole the show from everyone else. There's no surprises here. So let's gather around our giant hearth and tell you some tales old and new. Before we jump in, I do want to step out of the holiday cheer and say, if you are in the boat in which we are the captains and navigating toxic family life, and you don't love the holiday season, you're not alone here. We will not try to lift you up, Buttercup, about a season you hate. But if you do want to take a seat and get a warm beverage, you know, and find a nice space on our shelves, we would love to take you with us through time and sentiment.
0: Welcome, all Grinches.
1: (laughs) True. (laughs) True. Oh, okay, honestly though, um Mrs. Mayhew or Mayhew hot Oh oh yeah, absolutely. I mean just the, the truly the hottest Christmas icon there is. Literally,
0: yeah. We're talking about the lady who has the uh cannon with the that lady
1: with the cannon yeah. with the lights? The, mayor, the, mayor the mayor's fiance. wife.
0: Or yeah, yeah, not yeah. Well I mean you know is her in the her Grinch or oh, thing. Oh it's
1: Martha Mayhew, Mrs. Martha, M- Martha yes, Mayhew.
0: Yes, yes. Bro. So fucking hot.
1: Yeah, she made the holidays worth it. I'm going to tell At, you.
0: Yes, all, I'll have to find this TikToker. But there's a TikToker who is doing a cosplay of her right now. And every time they show up on my For You page, I'm like, that's the Christmas cheer we need, baby.
1: Please send, the send Christmas that to me. Sh- P- I will. ASAP, please send that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, let's. Yeah. Oh, also, though, genuine opinion. The new Grinch that's animated. I kind of fuck with it, too. There's no, like, hotties, but, like, it's kind of good. There's no hotties. There's no hot. It's animated. I, no I haven't watched
0: it. Is it, like, true to the cartoon, or...? Um,
1: no. I mean, okay. yes, the story is the same, of course. It's the Grinch. But other than that, no, I don't really... I don't think so. But Benedict Cumberbatch is the Grinch. Oh, okay. And I think he does a pretty good job. He's usually good at stuff. It's cute. I mean, the animation is, like, that 3D stuff that's, like, everywhere, but... It's wonderful. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. And I'm someone who really likes the Jim Carrey version, so I figured... Yes, I love you know. Hate, hate, hate. Loathe
0: Loathe. entirely.
1: (laughs) Great. So good. Um, Okay, so let's get into it. Yule is a winter solstice sabbat that was named after Yule, or Odin of another name, basically. Meant to honor the return of the sun... The days are finally going to get longer as the wheel of time keeps spinning. We love winter here at the pod. Not being too warm is wonderful. But enjoying a warm drink is also wonderful. And knee-high socks and boots are even more wonderful. It's the most wonderful time of the year, some would say. We, of course, are not of the God-fearing type variety here, but you're not going to be hearing anything about hymns or Bethlehem here. We will be talking about traditions and stories from multiple cultures, and I'm excited to get into it. I will probably overshare as I do. I did delete a rant about capitalism and the pressures of the holidays. Uh, You are welcome for not walking you through that bummer after the Donner party. (laughs) I felt as if we all needed an episode that was a little more hopeful. And I'm sure Erie will teach us something rad, as she always does. Also, are we all okay after the Donner party? It took me a couple days to recover. Are you guys good? I know Eerie's good. She was laughing at my uh, despair. We recorded those episodes and she was like, haha ha, have a good one. Like... How dare you?
0: You guys got a week in between. Serafina did not.
1: (laughs) We recorded both of those at the same time, and I'm telling you, she left. I don't even know if I said bye. (laughs) Straight up, it was. I was like, okay, see you later. (laughs) Like, I'm dead inside. If if Serafina wasn't scared of me before, I think after that episode, really, really secured it. I just. I don't think I was scared of you. I think it was just like, oh, all hope is lost. And then, like. (laughs) A couple of days later, I was like, Aren't I so glad to not be in 18 feet of snow? And I was like, Life is good again. So we all get there eventually. I hope you guys are feeling better. <laughs> so, as I said, above all spirituality, as of today's episode, we are now in the winter solstice of 2022. What a year, am I right? Yeah. What a fucking year. <laughs> what a fucking year. That means our Earth's orbit is moving towards the sun again, it has finally returned, and I'm grateful. I will tell you that this year I am celebrating more sun at night. I didn't realize how much that messes with me until this year. As a gardener, every year when we get to this point, I'm hanging on to every second of every day, making the most of it because I'm about to shift into planning and new building. This break never feels long enough and also feels incredibly long. Also, if I blink, it becomes spring in a flash. So I celebrate these times for what they are. Rest. And astrologically, we have a new moon tomorrow, December 23rd, which typically finds itself lending to new beginnings. And on December 29th, Mercury goes into retrograde again, meaning we need to take it slow anyway. When the gatorade is in mercury you never know what's (laughs) around the next corner um i love having a holiday in these months because it's at least a weekend of rest and sinking into oneself's comforts indulging in too much food and too much drink and just enjoying the time as much as i can this is a time for dreaming and grounding all at once diving into new hobbies for this new season ahead of us and squeezing every lesson you can get out of the last year at least for me i try to focus on the good Coping with holiday stress and family is a lot for me. I will not lie, um, as it is for I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Truly. Yep. It's rough. Um, but I did hear someone talking, not on TikTok for once. Thank you. On <laughs> YouTube. <laughs> wow. <laughs> about Yeah, you know, real stuff. Long form content. What you know? year is it? But, yeah, uh, it's 2012 and I'm happy. They really were right about the, the year... Uh, 2012 being the end times. That was like the last <laughs> time anyone felt good. Any year where "Will I Am" was on the radio was a good one. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, like I said, I heard someone on YouTube talking about this idea of how it's important to be a thermostat and not a thermometer. Which I know you're like, huh? But listen, <laughs> the idea of being a thermometer is fast it's reactive being a thermostat is overarching and more in control right so being a thermostat is like creating an environment and an atmosphere to live in where being a thermometer it just reacts to whatever temperature they've been thrown into And it's an interesting train of thought, at least for me to sit with for a little bit, but also I'm thinking about how Scooby-Doo lines were right. Um, So like, you know, the uh, the duality of man here in front of us. So basically, being a thermostat to me is like having our cozy little heater on and a simmer pot, throwing on an ambiance of light jazz and a snowstorm up on the TV. It makes a world of difference to me, seriously. I actually woke up the other morning and my spouse had turned on the simmer pot before I awoke. And it was just so cozy and kind to wake up like that. Um, I guess the idea is just that you have to be the one in control and in charge of your surroundings and how you react to them, which is something that I'm realizing is very important to me in my mental health. So I figured I'd share my ways of coping like the idea is like you don't want to be super reactive like a like a thermometer you put it in cold water it's immediately cold right or you put it in hot water it's immediately hot where like a thermostat is the one that's like keeping control of the temperature and I just thought it was a really interesting idea so I figured I would share that with you because I thought um going into these crazy uh, few days we he- have here with our family and everything it's like hey maybe um Maybe you just control yourself and not react to other people's bullshit because they be throwing it out steady. Let me tell you. Truth. (laughs) So if it's going to be crazy and bustling around here, at least make it smell like love and luck and make it sound like a dream. We had this convo the other day when we went out, but I hate Christmas music. Typically, there are a few bangers. Okay, anything by Wham always on. But I love Christmas because all of society decides that it's okay to play romantic jazz again, if only for (laughs) a little bit. And I'm not much for a traditionalist in any sense, but I do love the feeling that a crooner and some warm jazz brings to the room. It makes me feel better in a moment where without that, I would feel utterly misplaced. The holidays are fucking weird. And I know I said I deleted a rant about capitalism earlier. And don't worry, I'm not about to spring into a rant about it. But as we are surrounded by put back the Christ and Christmas propaganda, yeah, I'm not going to rant about that either, even though it makes me want to gag every time I see it. I did have a seven page rant about that that I deleted. So you're welcome for that as well, oddlings. But I did want to take it back before this whole idea of Christ or Christmas wasn't even an idea to our ancestors. Aren't you jealous of them for just a second? Yes. They didn't have air conditioning, but they never heard that ever in their whole life.
0: They're just living without their phones, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> so happy and free. Everyone
1: there. No phones living their true selves. So with all that said, I know that our oddlings love a little bit of history. So I figured as a gift, I'd take you all on a little field trip. Did I want to be Mrs. Frizzle growing up? The answer is Yes. I hope you brought a cozy jacket with you. It is the winter solstice after all. So close your eyes, hear the snow falling on the fluffy evergreens around us. Take a deep breath of that crisp air and feel your feet softly land on the steps outside ye old Germanic heathen temple. The homeland. The homeland. Since we traveled back about 11 centuries, give or take a year or two, it is the second day of Yule which means all the farmers from the surrounding villages have packed up and brought the feast for the 12 day long festivus celebrated in midwinter. Everyone in the town has taken these days off to come and be a community. Break bread together, participate in a hunt if the weather's good, and to make a few sacrifices. Music will find itself gracing your ears here and there, a six string wooden lyre being played by a fire, That rhymes and I didn't even mean to do that. And a few notes from a flute made of bone escape the temple door. You see, this is the time where the gods celebrate with us. The snow is a gift for our earth to slumber and the long nights are a beacon for warmth and comfort. People gathered to learn about each other's years, what benefited their crops, what they observed in changes throughout the local flora and fauna, gossip spreads through the town as it is the world's oldest form of entertainment. In a few days time, when everyone gets settled in, there will be a calling for the people of the hunt to bring forth their game and for those making sacrifices to bring forward their livestock. And here in this temple, they're going to honor these animals lives and there will be some sacrifices for the feasts, for the gods, and these people use every part of an animal wisely. They do use their blood for Halu, as it was called, blood with purpose. This holy blood will be placed on the pedestals of the idols they serve and then smeared on these temple walls, smeared on the foreheads of those present for the event and those with honor. The meat of these animals will be the centerpiece of the feasts yet to come to celebrate. They will bring out giant kettles to be placed on fires in the middle of the temple, which is my favorite part. There's something about a giant cast iron kettle on a fire with celebratory food that just woos my heart. The smells of herb and charcoal swirling around you. A giant meal to be had, ale to be drank, and toasts to be made. These types of celebrations can be found in villages all across the globe. Looking different, celebrating a little differently but peoples coming together to light candles, have a meal, and prepare for the shift in the year ahead. It does look a little different now, maybe a little bit more flashy, but history of course tells many stories around the hearth. Eerie, would you delight us in a few of these stories?
0: I would be happy to. I'm going to delve into the Companions of St. Nicholas, or as I have deemed it, the Marvel Cinematic Universe of Christmas Characters, because that's literally what it is. Um, I think most of us would say eerie. Aren't you going to cover Krampus? And the answer is fuck yes, I'm going to cover Krampus. But he's part of a much larger Marvel Cinematic Universe of Christmas <laughs> characters, if you will. <laughs> um, so first of all, thanks Wikipedia, as per usual. Um, I need to just like give them two dollars every time I use their articles because like I swear you really do. I we're bet we are um, besties. So, the Companions of Saint Nicholas are a group of closely related figures who accompany Saint Nicholas throughout the territories, formerly in the Holy Roman Empire, or the countries that it influenced culturally. Basically, there are different companions, and what you grew up with depends on where your family is from. So, anyone can kind of have the different characters and... They're very similar too. We'll get into that a little later.
1: It's kind of like the sleep paralysis. Like it, the is, it
0: is. It's yeah. very similar to that. But like you know, I i was gonna say happier, but that's kind of a lie.
1: You know, um, that's kind of a lie.
0: Saint Nicholas was literally the patron saint of children and other things. He was also known for his secret gift giving, which leads us to Santa Claus. The association of the Christmas gift-bringer with elves has parallels in English and Scandinavian lore and is ultimately and remotely connected to the Christmas elf in modern American folklore. Names for the, quote, dark or threatening companion figures include Knecht Ruprecht in Germany, Krampus in Austria, Bavaria, Parkhelge, forgive me for pronouncing that terribly, in Slovenia, friuli croatia hungary um and there's klaubauf in bavaria and austria bartel in styria pelzebach beefena pelznickel belzenigli belchnickel in the palatinate and also pennsylvania due to pennsylvania dutch influence we'll get into that a little bit later because that's, that's fun um, schmutzli in switzerland Rumpelklaus, Belzebub, which looks a lot like Beelzebub.
1: I was gonna
0: say. Hansmuff, Drap, and Busebergt in Augsburg. I don't go into all of these characters. <laughs> I go into some of them, <laughs> but there are a lot. The important thing is that with all of your good guys, there's gonna be a quote bad guy or, you know, someone who's gonna punish the children instead of uh reward them in america santa claus kind of does both but he just like gives you goal which it's like lame. a bummer but i mean i mean you know at least you're not getting like whipped so it could be worse <laughs> i mean that's true
1: <laughs> tag yourself i'm um, definitely pull as a um <laughs> I guess
0: I'm going with Belschnickel because that one's so much fun to say, I have yeah, to say. Is. That's a good name. It's a good time. The corresponding figure in the Netherlands in Flanders is called Swarte Piet or Black Piet and in Swiss folklore, Schmutzli, which we mentioned earlier, uh, Schmutz meaning dirt. And that actually comes up a lot where it's like the bad guy is like dirty.
1: <laughs> I just, I'm not sure. Um, can I actually tell you that that uh, really has um, a lot of roots in racism?
0: That makes sense, and I thought that when I read uh, some of the names of them, so that absolutely makes sense. It's always people being stupid, isn't it? It's always
1: fucking racist, yeah. It is, yeah.
0: In the Czech Republic, St. Nicholas is accompanied by the Sert, or devil, and Mm. Andel, or angel. In France, St. Nicholas's companion is called Rubles, in German-speaking Lorraine and Hanstrop. That could be me pronouncing it wrong, but that's my best guess. Often the subject of winter poems and tales, the companions travel with St. Nicholas, carrying with them a rod, sometimes a stick, and in modern times often a broom and a sack. I think people see both of those things with Krampus a lot, and yeah. when he's like in a costume he has both of those things. They're sometimes dressed in black rags, bearing a black face and unruly black hair. In many mm. contemporary portrayals, the companions look like dark, sinister, or rustic versions of Nicholas himself. With a similar costume with a darker color scheme. Which I immediately thought of, like, um, this is such a weird reference, but in Super Smash Bros, it's like they always had, like, a dark version of the regular character. Nega or
1: Santa.
0: Nega Santa. <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what I thought of. So, what I did next was pick a couple of these fun companions and go into them a little bit. Like I was saying earlier, I didn't pick all of them, but I picked the ones that kind of spoke to me and seemed the most interesting. So, starting with connect Ruprecht, which I'm probably not pronouncing that. I can do the German noise, I'm not gonna do it into the microphone for you, but I did take three years of German in high school and I've got that under my belt, so if you want me to say something that's like really obscure and random, I got you, Uh, but when it comes to being useful and pronouncing things that actually matter, I can't, so here we are. In the folklore of Germany, Knecht Ruprecht, which translates as farmhand Rupert or servant Rupert, is a companion of St. Nicholas and possibly the most familiar. Tradition holds that he was a man with a long beard wearing fur or covered in pea straw. Knecht Ruprecht sometimes carried a long staff and a bag of ashes and wore little bells on his clothes, which it just sounds like dark Santa.
1: (laughs) It definitely sounds like Nega Santa. 100%.
0: It does sound like Nega Santa. According to tradition, Connect Ruprecht asks children whether they know their prayers. If they do, they receive apples, nuts, and gingerbread. If they do not, he beats the children with what? his bag of ashes.
1: <laughs> Didn't see that? Kind.
0: Yep. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think I did. <laughs> In other, presumably more modern versions of the story, Connect Ruprecht gives naughty children gifts such as lumps of coal, sticks, and stones, while well-behaving children receive sweets from St. Nicholas, which we're fairly familiar with. He also can be known to give naughty children a switch in their shoes instead of candy, fruits and nuts in the German tradition, which feels very akin to when I was growing up. My papa used to make me pick my switch. I don't know if you've ever heard those stories, you know, you gotta don't, don't fuck up and pick the small stick. He's going to pick the worst one.
1: Yeah.
0: Ruprecht was a common name for the devil in Germany and Grimm states that quote, Robin fellow is the same home sprite whom we in Germany call connect Ruprecht and exhibit to children at Christmas. Connect Ruprecht first appears in written sources in the 17th century as a figure in a Nuremberg Christmas procession. Ruprecht sometimes walks with a limp because of a childhood injury, and his black clothes and dirty face are often attributed to the soot he collects as he goes down chimneys, which is so interesting because we hear that chimney thing with Santa all the time, so to hear it for, like, another character, and then he's dirty because of it,
1: it just seemed... It is interesting. It does feel like you're missing some Santa lore.
0: It does. In some of the Ruprecht
1: traditions, the children
0: would be summoned to the door to perform tricks, such as a dance or singing a song to impress upon Santa and Ruprecht that they were indeed good children. And I I, I have a bullet here that's like, why are devils always making people sing slash dance slash play the fiddle against them? I'm not really sure.
1: (laughs) 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 The devil went down to Christmas. He was looking (laughs) for a fight. Also, there's (laughs) definitely a Bob's Burgers episode about that. They they put on like a whole Christmas pageant to prove to Santa that they're good kids. That's fun to see that here in front of me. Like I'm pretty sure like they took direct inspiration from that.
0: (laughs) They probably did. Those who performed badly would be beaten soundly by servant Ruprecht, (laughs) and (laughs) like he's Simon Cowell, literally and those who performed well were given a gift or some treats those who performed badly enough or had committed other misdeeds throughout the year were put into Ruprek's sack and taken away variously I also like sonic Al. <laughs> they were taken away to ruprecht's home in the black forest to be consumed later or to be tossed
1: into a river damn you better do good. You, you better, better do good. play that fiddle well. You better hit those notes, baby. Let me tell you, because I'm like, to be honest, though, talk about like, really tightening up the gene pool. Like, you will be talented, or you're gonna die. <laughs> <laughs> you will be consumed. Also, or tossed in a river. They're trying to make a whole, um, a whole Germany just full of TikTok stars. You will get on the For You page Or your ass is going in a river (laughs) That's why Gen Z is so good It's it's trickle down It's trickle down economics (laughs) Trickle down social economics So that's Connect Ruprecht You think they made his name rhyme for songs
0: Probably I'm sure Anytime you hear something like that And they're like someone wrote a poem You know
1: yeah, well, they had to have written a really good poem, or else they were going in the river. That poem has to slap. Has to slap. A bop.
0: So let's move on to Belschnickel, which I personally have grown to love and Ooh. want him to be my friend. Belschnickel is a companion of St. Nicholas in the Palatinate, Germany. Belschnickel is a man wearing fur, which covers his entire body, and he sometimes wears a mask with a long tongue. He visits children at Christmas time and delivers socks or shoes full of candy, but if the children were not good, they'll find coal in their stockings instead. He sounds like Radagast to me, like Mm -hmm. based off of that description, which is probably why I think I love him. Also... In The Office, <laughs> Belschnickel is portrayed by Dwight Schrute during the season nine Christmas special. <laughs> and if you've watched The Office, that episode is absolutely fucking incredible. I I am not one of those people who's like, everybody should watch The Office. I'm one of those people who has secondhand embarrassment and had a horrible time watching The Office, which I know a lot of people do. But mm-hmm. that episode, quality content.
1: I don't think I've ever made it to season nine, so I will have to, uh, just have wa- to watch, watch it You can watch clips
0: now. of just that Okay. And it's worth it. Alright, good. In the episode of The Office, they say that Belschnickel is kind of like Santa but dirtier. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a whole scene where Dwight goes through all of the um like all of his co-workers and he decides who is impish or admirable. I love that. And it's um it's quality content, so I highly recommend watching. Uh Belschnickel may have also been based off of Connect Ruprecht, so you see a lot of um similarities between the two. The name Belschnickel is a compilation of the German word bells, which translates into fur and nickel, which refers to St. Nicholas. Really original. <laughs> in parts of the united states in the 19th century Pelsnickel traditions were maintained for a time among immigrants at least as far west as the u.s state of indiana Hmm. today remnants of this tradition remain known as the belchnickel especially in pennsylvania
1: that is interesting
0: a first-hand 19th century account of the belchnickel tradition in allegheny county maryland can be found in Brown's Miscellaneous Writings, a collection of essays by Jacob Brown, writing of a period around 1830. Brown says we did not hear of Santa Claus, instead the tradition called for a visit by a different character altogether. He was known as Kris Kringle, Bell's Nickel, and sometimes as the Xmas woman. Children then not only saw the mysterious person, but felt him, or rather his stripes upon their back with his switch. The annual visitor would make his appearance some hours after dark thoroughly disguise especially the face which upon sometimes be covered with a hideously ugly fizz generally wore a female garb hence the name christmas woman sometimes it would be a veritable woman but with masculine force and action he or she would be equipped with an ample sack about the shoulders filled with cakes nuts and fruits and a long hazel switch, which was supposed to have some kind of charm in it as well as a, a sting. One would scatter the goodies upon the floor, and then the scramble would begin by the delighted children. And the other hand would ply the switch upon the backs of the excited youngsters, who would not show a wince. But had it been parental discipline, there would have been screams to reach a long distance.
1: What the fuck, dog? <laughs> what a time! Also like let's bring back to the hazel the hazel Yeah yeah, it really yeah was a
0: holy tree huh It was yeah that comes up a lot The traditional Belschnickel showed up at houses 1 to 2 weeks before Christmas and often created fright because he always knew exactly which of the children misbehaved He would rap on the door or window with his stick and often the children would have to answer a question for him or sing some type of song got to perform again in exchange he would toss candies onto the floor which just feels so disrespectful it's like now you got to pick them up
1: like <laughs> well but then also they're getting hit right
0: yep if the children jump too quick for the treats they may end up getting struck with belshnikel's switch so basically it's like don't be too hasty wait wait um, in football
1: they would call that a false start and i only <laughs> said that for my husband cuz i know he's listening right now <laughs> That's wild. They were just beating kids? Yep. Basically, like, wow. Well, at least we know Addison Rae is going to get, like, a bunch of candy this year for Christmas. <laughs> Great. <laughs> you yeah, know, number one TikTok star. Is that still true? I don't know. I don't keep up with the kids anymore.
0: On the south shore of Nova Scotia, Canada, a Christmas tradition known as bell occurs, where, similar to mummering, people go from house to house within the communities dressed in multiple layers of clothing and with scarves around their faces to conceal their identity. These people are then given food and drinks, usually rum and eggnog, until their identities are guessed, and then they're off to the next house. Is this it? You just show up to the party like, give me...
1: Shots, eggnog. Shots. <laughs> I'm gonna get drunk until you can tell me who I am. Thanks. That's fun. Thank you. Have a good night. I. I it's literally that. Christmas trick or treating. I want. Ooh, um. Yeah. It is basically. But what's weird here is that there's no caroling. True. Like you're like they were giving. They go to people's houses. I was like, oh, they're gonna start singing. Is that where we get this from? And you're like, nah. And so they just drink. <laughs> like,
0: uptight. Sign I'm me down up. Down. So now we move on to an oddling favorite, mm. Krampus, the homie. Though descriptions of Krampus's appearance vary from region to region, some things remain consistent. He is said to have pointed devilish horns and a long snake-like tongue. His body is covered in coarse fur and he looks like a goat crossed with a demon. People say goats are demons anyway, I guess, so same same. Makes sense his body and arms are strung with chains and bells and he carries a large sack or basket on his back to cart off evil children he's also frequently depicted with a broom or a switch he is the devilish companion or i saw it mentioned potentially the twin of saint nicholas i've heard that Krampus is a figure in the Central and Eastern Alpine folklore. The word Krampus is thought to come from either Bavarian, krampen, meaning dead or rotten, or from the German term kramp slash krampen, meaning claw. In Tyrol, he's also called Tufel, Hmm. which is interesting. In Norse mythology, it is said Krampus is the son of Loki and Hel, the goddess of death. In all likelihood, his origins are derived from the Yule Goat, which marks the beginning of the winter solstice. Um, Thanks Christianity for stealing something else again, we must mention, uh, Mm -hmm. because the Yule Goat doesn't get talked about. I didn't know about the Yule Goat for a really long time um, until I think I went to the Coven Or, yeah, the Coven's Cottage, the first time, in Salem, because they sell them there.
1: I'll do that. Um, Yeah.
0: Also, I just wanted to mention that Hell is Loki's daughter, so what in the Game of Thrones is actually happening here? Thank you for
1: saying that, because when you said that, I was like, wait a second.
0: Yeah, I Mm. mean,
1: okay. Sweet home. (laughs) Valhalla, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Also, just to go (laughs) with.
0: yikes also just to go into what the yule goat is for people who don't know the yule goat is a scandinavian and northern european yule and christmas symbol in tradition its origin may be germanic pagan and has existed in many variants during scandinavian in history, uh, modern representations of the Yule Goat are typically made of straw. So it's basically like a goat that they make out of straw. It's very cool. We'll, f- we'll find some pictures of it included on the Instagram because it's pretty neat. Definitely. So Krampus comes to town the night before the Feast of St. Nicholas, December 5th, also known as Krampuschnacht. December 6th is the Feast of St. Nicholas, and he visits all the houses to dish out his punishments. On that night, children leave boots on their doorsteps in hopes that St. Nicholas will bring them presents and treats. If you've been bad or naughty, Krampus is said to leave a lump of coal in your boot and then beat you with a birch stick.
1: Damn, not the hazel this time, kid. Sorry.
0: <laughs> we've We've got birch this time. So let's go into some modern Krampus shenanigans because Krampus is made of like big comeback like a comeback in a big way or at least i think he's become way more mainstream at least definitely in the last like five years i would say
1: i would agree with that
0: most of this information is from the article Santa's Terrifying Evil Twin Will Beat You with a Broom at This Offbeat Austrian Christmas Parade oh, by yeah. Sucheta Rawal on travelandleisure.com. Um, Krampus's frightening presence was suppressed for many years. The Catholic Church forbade the celebrations and fascists in World War II Europe found Krampus despicable because it was considered a creation of the Social Democrats. Okay. But like isn't that the point though he's supposed to be the evil demon counterpart so wouldn't you want to like really just push that narrative
1: i really didn't see your sentence ending like that it just really hit me out of nowhere what I hate to do that to you. oh god
0: towards the end of the century a popular resurgence of krampus celebrations occurred and continues on today The Krampus tradition is being revived in Bavaria as well, along with a local artistic tradition of hand-carved wooden masks. Every year during the weeks leading up to Christmas, Krampus parades are held in the Alpine villages of Austria. While the tradition is over 1,500 years old, it's still practiced with much of its original excitement through the Austrian region of Tyrol. For example, in the town of Igles, families gather to watch the Krampus parade, where young men dressed up in fur suits, basically of Krampus, wooden masks, and cowbells ride firelit chariots to create a terrifying ambiance. During the festivities, Krampus figures and Perchton, Krampus's army of elves, descend into the crowd looking for innocent bystanders, usually older kids and adults, to whip with prickly brooms and birch branches. Oh, yeah. In full character and costume, the mass actors spare no force and often get rowdy, hounding their prey until they surrender. Many also rattle chains or flick their whips to instill fear in the spectators. It's Krampus LARP. That is every yeah. the whole time I was reading this is Krampus LARP and I want to go. I am just saying Krampus LARP sounds fun.
1: Did this video come up on your for you page on TikTok? Because it came up on mine. And um I don't know it looks like this. No. Okay, so I don't know if I can play any of the audio because it could be copywritten. I'll definitely repost it on our Instagram. But um can you hear that? Yes. That's... It's all of these people dressed up as Krampus. Yes! Krampus LARP. It's so cool and also so scary. Yes. Um, And so fun. And I'm so jealous that... Uh, we don't have anything like this here, and we know why we don't have anything like this here. Um, cough, cough. Will, yeah, cough, cough. I will post this on our Instagram because it's cool as hell. It is Krampus LARP, and I love it.
0: Yep, sign me up. There are already complaints that Krampus is becoming too commercialized and losing his edge because of what? his new <laughs> because of his newfound popularity. Yeah, bro, is that how it works? Then why does Satan have so much power? That is my question here for us today. I if beca- no. you don't, you don't lose your edge. Krampus
1: isn't gonna lose his edge. He loses his edge because of newfound popularity. What isn't? That I right? guess because he's
0: less scary.
1: But like, is okay? Sure. Why not? <laughs> I don't get it. But okay, why not? Um, I do know that he is becoming like so popular. Yes. We went to the local run fair, and they were putting on this Yuletide event. And they had Krampus there, like you could pay to take photos with him, just like Santa. Uh, He is really becoming a main attraction for all the oddlings around this time of year, and I kind of stand by it. Anything to corrupt the masses against a big church is all right with me. Let's take the Christ out of Christmas is more the vibe, in Mm -hmm. my opinion, but you know, go off. Preach. It is interesting, though, that they think... Who thinks that that his edge is being taken down because he got more popular? Isn't that exactly what gave Jesus his edge? Like, isn't that how it works? Did Jim Jones lose his edge because more oh people God. found out about him? Not Jim Jones. If anything, it makes him more powerful, right? And, and just you, in my opinion,
0: yeah. Usually, putting more faith into something makes it more
1: powerful. Yeah, we've also that's had how it worked out in out Elf, right? One yeah legitimately <laughs> there's like there's so across the modern canon there's so many if you believe it it becomes more powerful they I think that people who don't want him to be powerful are the ones saying that agreed you know what I mean you always gotta follow the money the Christmas follow the jingles so my introduction to Krampus was that movie that came out in I don't know twenty 11, 2012. The horror movie? I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. And like, surprisingly, it's not awful. It
0: isn't. It's actually fairly decent.
1: Like, I love, one, I love Adam Scott and he's like the dad in, in the movie and I don't know, I think it slaps. I'm sure, like, I know I definitely saw him when I was younger because I do have Germanic ancestors. Same. Like, we like me and my spouse, we both like hail from basically this one coast of like, like, s- Scotland and Germany, (laughs) with like a (laughs) few other things thrown in there, but um, so we both definitely heard about it growing up. But that movie was like the first time I was like, damn, that's dark, like, this is like, there's some dark stuff. And of course, all of the supernatural Christmas episodes, um, the one where they get trapped by like the old pagan gods Mm. and uh, like they can't curse or anything, definitely like a solid, a solid, funny episode. (laughs)
0: um i just want to say that christmas horror movies are the fucking best that's my hot take people some people don't like them i love them give me a a killer santa i'm down i'm so down
1: okay also we can't review it in this episode because we haven't gone to see it but i'm so excited about silent night or violent night yeah i'm so excited about it yep i'm i am so pumped they really knew what they were doing. Let's yes. not pretend. One, give me a big boy, give me make him a little violent. <laughs> and uh you know, just subvert our Christmas expectations. I love it. Um, and not that horror is the only thing we ever talk about, but or well, in the face that horror isn't the only thing we ever talk about. the um claymation uh, Rudolph movies mm-hmm. they, hit. I'm they so sorry. hit they do hit they do hit hit uh silver and gold fucking hits
0: also i fucking love elf like i'm just gonna say i don't even like this fucking holiday but i'll get down on some and i don't even really like will ferrell's comedy honestly i was gonna
1: say if you want my most controversial opinion i don't like will ferrell me either but i love elf i really do yeah yeah it's there's something about it that's so good and um watching peter dinklage fly at will ferrell's face is one of the highlights of my year every year yeah it's so good so, on that note, let's talk about magic. Bye, buddy. I hope you find your dad. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know a few of you like when we get into our craft, so I figured we'd talk about it a little bit. Um, we're going to go a little off script here. We go off script all the time. I'm sorry about that. But I, I wrote out a whole episode and then hated it. Because, like I said, after the Donner party, I wanted something a little more hopeful. <laughs> And I talk about what I do here. Erie, as stated, despises the season. She's just not really doing a lot here. So I feel like for the most part, we're missing a modern take on Yule because I am very specific in what I do, but I also have noticed with social media this year, or not this year, but really since the pandemic, a lot of people are walking away from christmas and taking on some more spiritual things and as we get into the history of yule and how we got here which we're just not going to cover this year maybe next year um we won't have a really depressing episode in front of this one and i'm sorry (laughs) we'll go into it a little more but um when you start to look at how many things christians took from pagans and then like mashed them all violently together and then presented them as a new thing so much of what people do already is witchcraft like you decorating a tree girl that's witchcraft like people literally go out into the woods and select a tree and bring it into their home and honor it and decorate it and be like thanks jesus it's like honey i that's witchcraft you just did witchcraft also it's can we
0: talk about how metal it is they like cut the tree down and they have the corpse and they put the corpse of the tree up in their living room and decorate it i'm just saying
1: it's pretty metal it's also a fire Um, hazard it's also an insane fire hazard it's so bad for the environment (laughs) it's so it's right and of course like christians are gonna be like doing something like come on guys just plant a tree in your yard and decorate that every year and call it a day it's prettier. It'll make everything smell better. Anyway, let's, let's get off that high fucking horse. But, um, everything that you see around, if you're like, "What? how does this have anything to do with Christ? No, it's paganism. Just know that. No, it's paganism. Um, and moving forward, if you're trying to get away from, you know, all of that stuff and you're, trying to honor the wheel of the year you're trying to honor this new season coming about there are some really cool things to do Um, including tarot spreads including rituals including stuff as basic as what I do Um, so let's talk about what I do I have a simmering pot on basically from the end of October until March like we talked about in the herb podcast in Serafina's Apothecary podcast, I think it's what it's called. Um, What you add in there does matter. It's basically my dream of a big cast iron pot over a flame realized in a much smaller cast iron pot on a stove. Doesn't have the grandiose, but it does warm my heart a little bit. It does the job. Currently, I'm adding cinnamon and star anise and oranges and cloves. Really warm, very sweet scent. And as we get into the middle of December, I'll start adding pine and some cedar clippings, pretty much just bringing in some of that typical scent that you're smelling during these times. I picked up some frankincense and bayberry incense for the ritual that we'll be doing, and I'll probably have it burning through the whole season. It smells wonderful. Uh, we actually did pick that up on our trip that we were talking about at the start of the episode. They're really cool. They're like little matches, and you just take one out and you light it, and then you can just stick it in an ashtray or in a candle. And They're it super cool. Like- it's cool. It's just like little travel size and they work really well. And I really like them. I might go back for more. We actually found them online, so oh. maybe I'll link some below. They're cool. No sponsor, just a really cool product. I will make a cake, probably not a fruit cake and probably not a Yule log, which Yule logs are basically like a giant ho-ho. Um, <laughs> they look like a log and they were made for Yule back in the day. That all goes back to a tradition of lighting a giant log. And if the flames were still burning in the morning, that meant you had a good year ahead of you, which I think is really interesting. Um, and the, if you watch the Great British Bake Off, they all have done a Yule log in the holiday seasons. And they're really fun, but watching people make them, realize I'm not cut out to do all of that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, And hopefully something a little sweet as well would be great. Uh, Hopefully with cranberries, if I can get my paws on any bags, I've been looking, but after Thanksgiving, uh, I guess they just decided it, it wasn't in the cards for me. During this time of year, black tourmaline and snowflake obsidian always find a spot on our altar. Snowflake obsidian is actually wonderful for those who struggle during this time of year. It's a stone that loves to remind us about balance. Even though it's dark right now, we are headed towards lighter times. And snowflake obsidian can be used to support yourself as you explore the matters that the season brings for you and allowing you the opportunity to release them and move forward with your life, which I love. I know you guys all heard me in our Samhain episode talk about the time for reflecting. And if Samhain is like New Year's, This is basically like the comfort that you get when New Year's actually settles in and you're not like drunk anymore and you're like, (laughs) oh, it's a new year, baby, like it's time to go. Like Samhain is the preparation for the new year and this is the realization of it in a sense for me, at least. We do decorate our altar somewhat, I'll throw in a couple pine cones and some mistletoe, orange slices dehydrated strung up around. As you can see uh, what I'm burning and what I'm decorating with, Yule is a time that really appreciates the outdoors. Even when the outdoors look like this, and this being the exact opposite of what June 21st is, Both are needed. The environment can't thrive without this period of dark and ice. Just like us as humans, each side of our coin serves a purpose. Honor it during this time. Also, I know that I typically like to throw in a tarot spread and the ones for Yule are so interesting because some people keep it really simple and some people make a full-ass tree with their cards. Like a long ass pyramid with a stem which I think is really cool but I've never done that I might do it this year just for fun just to see but basically so you have your three layers and then your trunk and basically you have like your past your present your future and then like your last thing of what's needed so like in Saw, when it was like is there any other messages for me that need to be heard um, but basically I'm not going to tell you exactly what to do because, like I said, I haven't tried it yet, so I I can't give you any good, good advice. But it's kind of the same idea as what am I leaving behind? What will I be growing in the year to come? And how can I share good cheer with others at this time? So basically, it's kind of like this idea of times are dark now. How do I use my light to shine in, in the next upcoming season? Because this whole holiday is about the light that's coming and when Samhain was basically like hey this year's dying what can like what do I need what needs to die within me this year is am I correct on what needs to die in me am I doing a good job of that and how can I more better shine during this time so I mean definitely sit with that if it's something that interests you uh, definitely google it Uh, you'll find some really good articles there um the foraging magic one is really good and the tree terrace spread was by christina Godette, which you can find on her website as well uh definitely that one is like super in depth though so if you're looking for something really in depth i do recommend it but i'll also be trying it out for the first time this year so you know take it with a grain of salt so moving on from all of that this is also one of the last pods of the year And while that doesn't really change anything for our schedule, I did want to take a moment and say, since August, we have found a really cool community. You guys are awesome. Hearing your thoughts about the pod has been so much fun. Learning and teaching you guys, of course, has been the highlight of my year, at least. And I am so excited for next year. We got a Spotify wrapped for the podcast, which I wasn't expecting. I didn't know Spotify did that for podcasters, too. Me either. And it was so much fun. Um... We have some really cool numbers in there. I thought we make more content than 96% of the podcasts in the history category. Isn't that crazy?
0: We've been working.
1: We have been working. (laughs) Um, And our podcast was in the top 25% of podcasts most shared. I mean, the top fourth of all the podcasts that are out there in the whole world. And there's a lot of them. There's so many of them. And we were in the top 25. Excuse me. I haven't said it in a while, but that's wild. (laughs) It is. I'm just, that number itself really warmed my heart. Um, Because if you're here because a friend sent it to you, thank you for being here. And also thanks for sharing it with your friends. I know it seems cheesy, but sometimes we really do sit here and be like, man, people think this was good enough to show others. And like, that's (laughs) right as hell. Um, I know I enjoy my time with Erie more than I enjoy my time with most people, but it's nice to know that you guys enjoy your time with us as well, and I just want to thank you.
0: And I also agree that this has been so much fun. I have really enjoyed sharing my content. It's nice to have a place where I get to say my weird stuff mm-hmm. and then other people get to listen. And Serafina's <laughs> forced to be in a room with me and listen to me talk about the whole Donner party for like an hour. <laughs> it's such a great time. I mean, it was
1: definitely two hours. It was two podcasts <laughs> worth of content. Let's not, let's not pretend, okay? <laughs>
0: But all jokes aside, we really appreciate you. And we're really happy to have our little weirdo oddity community where we can all be together. And we're so excited for what next year is going to bring. And we are so
1: thankful for all of you. Definitely. Thank you for spending this time with us. Thank you for being nerds just like we are. And thank you for staying Odd Arcadia.